Hello, and welcome back to Season 2 of Owning Your Legacy. For those of you who are new to the show, I am your host, Lorette Rondonet, President and CEO of Edlong, a food flavorings company based in Greater Chicago with a global footprint. Today, I'm sitting down with Colleen Sukup, who has spent her almost 40-year career leading procurement and sourcing for General Mills, one of the best-known brands in food manufacturing. In her role, she's been recognized as a powerful operational leader with the people-first approach and a catalyst for transforming the supply chain to be more agile and future-ready. As a pioneering female leader in the industry, Colleen has helped open doors for women and more diverse representation within the industry. Today, we're going to talk about her strategies and commitment to empowering people so they can bring their best ideas to the table. And I am joined by Cami Hunt, our Manager of Human Resources at Edlong. Cami shares her unique perspective on the importance of creating an empowered workforce. I'm excited for you to listen to today's episode on unlocking the ultimate culture through empowerment. Thanks so much for listening. Hi. Hi there. (laughs) (laughs) I've been looking forward to this. Uh, Good. I'm so glad to have you both here. So welcome to another episode of Owning Your Legacy. And today we are going to be talking about how empowerment helps to drive culture at our businesses. So before we dig into that, Colleen, I'd love you to give a little a little background, a little bit of your story. Yes, I'm on my next chapter, actually. I'm just uh, retired from General Mills. So right now I'm a alumni of General Mills, um, a mother, a um, mother of four, a wife, and then a grandma to two going on five. Um, so uh, now turning in to see what's next um, in my chapter. Cool. That's very exciting. It is. That's a long career with General Mills. It is a long career. 39 years is a a long time, yeah. Cammie, tell us a little bit about your story. Sure, yeah. So I'm an HR generalist at Edlong, as you know. Uh, Very excited to be there. Um, I love the topic of culture because I think we have a great one. Worked in a lot of different cultures. Um, And and new to Edlong. I mean, you came during the horrible pandemic time, so... I did, I did. Hard time to start a new job, I would imagine. Hard time to be in HR, but, um, you know, thankfully Edlong makes it... Um, a much more pleasant experience for me. And I'm also a mother, mother to two. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So, cool. Yeah. So let's talk about empowerment. So how did you feel, was it a really big part of General Mills culture to promote empowerment? And tell us a little bit about that in your, in your history past. Yeah, so I think um, for sure empowerment's critically important at General Mills. The bigger you get, the more people you have across the globe. And um you have to make sure they're empowered to do their work because right. you can't be everywhere. Um, one of the interesting things we did at General Mills is also worked on engaging leader. Mm. So if you have an engaging leader, it's hard not to see empowerment because most people wanted a leader that actually asked them, what do you think? Yeah. How do you want to lead? What does that look like? And so empowerment was always, uh, I want to say powerful and impactful at General Mills, but I think as they brought out that engaging leader, um, it got more personal. I like that. Yeah. Kind of goes hand in hand. It does. It does. Because, you know, we've all worked for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and an engaging leader is somebody that pulls you into it, not tells mm-hmm. you what to do. Yeah. Command and control. Correct. Seems Correct. like, I don't know about both how both of you feel about that, but it seems like that's kind of out of style these days. Would you agree? I agree, but I grew up that way. Yeah. And, um, and, Probably my own maturity was um, I thought that was the way to get things done and had to learn over time the power of many versus Mm -hmm. just me. 
Um, and, and almost the power of influence, you know? Yes. I think that yeah. kind of is the flip side of command and control. It's mm-hmm. you don't want people to do it because I said so. We want people to do it because they believe in doing it is going to help us get to where we're trying to get to. And so it's really, uh, it all kind of does flow with empowerment of mm-hmm. trusting. And if we all know where we're going, then I can let go and let you right. shine. I love that. Yeah, that's exactly was my probably hardest lesson of which is I can solve it. You know, I want to lead. I have uh, that comment. <laughs> I want to I talk about that comment because you said that in um, in your podcast that uh, you know, knowing when to lead from the front, the side, or the back. Yeah. So talk about that. I love that. Yeah. It's intriguing. Yeah, so I think this leading from the front was something natural for me. Right. Um, and so I always was comfortable leading from the front. But I, I think it lacked um, engagement. Um, and you want people to have their own ideas and their own perspective. And so what I learned over time is to get really more intentional about where did I want to lead, where did I want to let others lead, and when did they need me just to be with them Um, as, you know, the voice or maybe the presence or the role, but not necessarily having to drive the the voice at the time. And so Mm -hmm. that um, that was a maturity for me and development. And probably the most rewarding part of it was, I think, the more I stepped back, the more I saw people grow, grow, develop, um, take the vision even further than I would have envisioned. And so uh, what I found is it was powerful um, actually sitting on the side and behind once you sort of said, how about going this way? And everybody, it becomes their vision, their their culture. Mm Their world and their they care. And their right. minds are in it. Yeah. Many years ago, my mom got me a, a necklace and it had a heart and it had a crown on it. And it was the ugliest necklace. And she goes, This, this is the ugliest necklace. You're never going to wear this. But she's like, This is how I see you lead. Oh, mm-hmm. I just love that. It's like, you know, it's kind of that both. You have to have the heart and the, the mind and um, lead with both. So it's kind of. Big empowerment. So tell us, Cammie, how you would compare Edlong to other places that you've worked in terms of culture, empowerment, whatever you, whatever you want to Yeah, yeah. Discuss. So I think that command culture that we talked about, I don't really see a lot of that. I would say maybe the biggest thing that facilitates a really great empowered culture at Edlong is not not <laughs> reaming people for their mistakes. So oh, when I we get that. when we have mistakes, you know, we learn from them. Um, no one's hard on each other. We're not putting each other down or making us feel like we're insignificant for mistakes. And I think that's really where empowerment blossoms. Yeah. Um, Shaming, when, like I think. I love Brene Brown. I'm like a huge fan. And she talks a lot about like shaming and vulnerability. And like shame is like the worst thing you can do to your children. Yeah. Worst thing you could do to employees. And I think that's really important to be conscious of. We all make mistakes. Yeah. Right. I think that's where your boundaries um, really expand. And that's where people find that sense of empowerment Mm -hmm. is when they know they can take a risk and they're not going to... um, feel the wrath of it afterwards right. if they make a mistake. Well, hell, doing this podcast has really put me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it is you have to have to do that and take those risks and know it's okay to fail, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds a little bit like a culture of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that's been I think that. critical 
too, is um, not knowing, but of learning. Um, And and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Who knows exactly what to do? Not very many people. And I think even for leaders, it's so common and natural now to be like, I don't know, you know? It's it's Mm -hmm. totally fine to say that to your team and be like, we're going to figure it out together, especially going through the pandemic. That was really important to have each other to lean on. Yeah. Yeah. That was stressful. It was important to be empowering, too. Yeah, really. And trusting people are working from home. Mm -hmm. There's so many conversations in the world about that. And I think about, I've been at Edlong 28 years. And the beginning when I started, it was all about the clock. I was in R&D at the beginning, and our boss at the time, she was a control freak. And we had to be, I mean, if you were not there at 7, mm-hmm. you get, and I'm not really good at being on time, so it was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been a believer of clock watching. Like, yeah. I definitely get my job done. Like, that's that's what I like, and especially as mothers, mm-hmm. it, it can't be that strict, you know. Yeah. I, that was something really early in my career I was very cognizant of that FaceTime, which is, and um, I made it really a point when I was a mother to say I'm leaving at a reasonable hour. And I just felt it important that someone role modeled that, um, right, that men need that too. Right, right. But I was very conscious that if I didn't leave, others wouldn't leave. Um, And so I had to really work that muscle of being intentional about Mm -hmm. showing different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're such a trailblazer, you know, I think that in your... <laughs> Definitely talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I um, I gave a, a talk at the at General Mills Women in Supply Chain, and I said I was the second class of women in college, and I got to General Mills, and I was only the second buyer there, and I said I was... Um, really set up for success. I like sports. <laughs> I was very confident, you know, um, but I think for many years it was assimilation. Um, and then I started to um, become a mother and I'm like, okay, this is different. This, now. this is different. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt that maybe weight of responsibility to show that it could be um, done in a different manner. And so um, over my time at General Mills, by the time I left, we were 50% women um, in procurement. So uh, it changed dramatically over my 39 years. But um, that time to kind of keep moving and... um, and I told them my words of wisdom, too, is to um, advocate for each other, but to continue to av- um, agitate was the word I used. Agitate. Um, because there's still room for improvement. There's yeah. still, and I told them, once a woman leads the, uh, the supply chain, I'll, I'll go have a glass of champagne somewhere. Yeah. Um, but there's still room for us to grow and develop in that side. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, advocate. Um, hold your hand down for others. Make sure you're helping them through. So... I think it took women, a lot of women at General Mills to do that, be willing to do that, and a culture that said, okay, yeah, yeah I, I can see this is worth it. It's valuable. Um, we have a lot of really powerful women yeah. at General Mills, and so That's it was... Right. A really good culture. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. My experience. Yeah, and it's, and your consumers are a lot of, you know... Right. It's <laughs> yes. nice when you kind of match who our consumers are. <laughs> right. Because the opinion matters. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So what's our percentage of women? At, I know in uh, leadership, I think we're 60% mm-hmm. women. We're right around 48. Yeah. 48, yep. And I, what I love is it's just organic. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you're, you're new to Edlong, but it's absolutely just happens by 
luck, you know? I think we're just, I don't really see sometimes gender or race, I just see people, you know? And then that is kind of a cool way for it to organically evolve. It's a lifestyle for us. Um, The culture, the diversity, um, it's really refreshing to me because I didn't come into Ed Long saying, okay, we need to create a DNI strategy. You know, let's figure out how to diversify our workforce. Mm -hmm. It really is something we live, and I think people are attracted to that because they can see that it's authentic. Mm -hmm. I love that. Diversity of thought, you know, and that that means even different departments and different, you know, I, I think it's so important to hear everybody's voice, and sometimes it's hard. You know? For sure. Yeah. Yes, Talk about that. Sure. I remember <laughs> also listening to your podcast, or we talked about it, I can't remember where, but um, when you were saying, as you kind of rose the ranks at General Mills, you're like, wow, people are listening to me now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you're like, I have to be careful what I say. I'm like, I get that. I so get that. Because we say something, and it's like, then you hear it back, and I'm like, that's not what I meant. Right. right. Yeah. I have to say that was, um, I have, um, I had groups like in 12 countries, probably close to 400 people, right? And I couldn't be like, oh, I read this article or listened to a podcast, and I'm like, and I have this new idea. And and they're like, oh, she has a new idea. So I I really... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I had to figure out, like, what were my consistent messages? Um, And, you know, funny enough, when I think back on it, it was like, how did I want people to feel? Not mm. like, what did I want them to do, but how did I want them to feel? So That's so, I have a speaking coach and she says, like when it was sometimes before I'm doing like an all company forum, you're supposed to think, how, yeah, exactly. How do you want the audience to feel and right. what do you want them to do? Right. And then you create a super objective from that. I think mm-hmm. that every time, so that's really, yeah, yeah, they'll remember how they feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, and so it was, it, so, so for me, I learned that I got to stay on um, a bit the vision, um, yeah. what we wanted to achieve, and um, to your point, what what you want to do. But I tried to use that words, and then I, you know, just positive. We wanted to be a community of connections, Love and that. I remember I almost said that in every meeting. We are a community of connections, and of course, we're good at connections. So I kept um, on that message because that's who we said we wanted to be, mm-hmm. um, and then I felt me repeating it was just validating that's who we were going to that's be. It's like a culture of belonging yeah which yeah. I love that that's yeah. very important so Colleen let's talk about the culture at General Mills when you first joined versus after your 38 years there and the difference between 50% women when you retired right. and what it was like at the at the beginning and the, and the what effect did that diversity have on the culture at General Mills yeah well, early on, as I mentioned, you know, I was about assimilating so I could speak the language that... Um, so you were trying to kind of... To fit in. Out. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was trying to fit in, you know. And um, and when, as I left, um, you know, I think everyone was free to be themselves. Nice. And um, because we had a wide styles, diversity, and et cetera. And I think early on in my career, a certain style was more successful than others. Um, You would hear it, uh, you know, in in reviews. And now I feel like we've all agreed there's lots of ways to be effective and successful and to lead, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. look the same. And so one of the most important things I think the diversity brought was different ways to look and still be successful and how you speak and how you lead right. and how you connect with people may be different. And so um, 
I liked that part of it. It brought more variety. It brought, I think, easier for the teams to see themselves mm-hmm. in in the diversity. Um, and then maybe last, um, I, I laugh a little bit um, when I talk about the fill part, um, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do think I had another uh, woman leader, and we were we were partners in crime a lot. And um, you know, her and I, yeah, it did. Um, and she held me accountable for what I wanted to be too. So I'd say, if I'm not showing up this way, if I'm forgetting to talk about this, you got to help me. And I felt really or if comfortable I'm to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you got to hold me accountable yeah. to do it. I just said that recently. Yeah. Recently happened to me. I was at a flavor and extract manufacturers association, so I'm on the board. Very used to. I'm like the fourth woman on the board. Yeah, and a hundred and millionaires, and. The woman that's the president this year, she just st- stood in, and um, May was the beginning of her presidency, and she did a girls' dinner for the women on the board, because now there's five of us. It's like the most there's ever been on the board. <laughs> but we're out to dinner that night, and there was just some little thing in the minutes that I didn't like agree with, and the next morning we had a vote on the minutes, and I'm like, this really wasn't how this happened. And she's like, you have to say it tomorrow in the meeting. I'm like, no! Like, you know? <laughs> but once I said it and I could see her across the table in the, in the meeting the next day, I'm like, I have to say that now right. because now she's going to hold me accountable that I, <laughs> that I said I was afraid. But it's, yeah, I think speaking up is one of the hardest parts. Mm-hmm. But back to a culture that allows it, you know, a culture that supports it and even pushes it. Right. very important. Well, and I think for women... Um, you know, getting at the table was always an, the ambition, right? Like, I want to get to the table, the table. Then you get to the table, and I can't talk. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I, I always told people, I, I told women that I would say, if you get there, you have to lean in, that and is you have such to speak up because if you get there and you don't speak, it, it wasn't worth all the the right. work and the and ambition. And it sounds like that leader with you, that other woman, like yeah. you guys yeah. helped each other yeah. through that. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. that's a great. Point, like, and you just gave an awesome point. But what other advice would either of you guys give? Um, you know, yeah, I think you just brought up a good point having courage because you're part of a greater body of people, which is women or any diverse part of the workforce. Um, knowing that what you bring to the table isn't just about you, but it changes the image that we have of whatever group you're representing. So, True. having the courage to speak up and empower. Um, other women in the future. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, um, I think once we established that we wanted to be, for for instance, my group decided we wanted to be the lighthouse of diversity and inclusion um, <gasps> of our team. The beacon. Yeah, oh, we we beautiful. and but um, that set an accountability for me that they were comfortable holding me holding me to. Yes. (laughs) And it it allowed the courage to say, well, you did say you wanted to be this. Mm. So now this is a difficult thing. This is not working or we're not making advancements. I think they felt comfortable because we said this is what we wanted to be. So Right. And so maybe the nice thing about um, some of the diversity was and acknowledging it and trying to lead in it was by saying that um, I allowed others to hold me accountable to make those moves and say, I thought you wanted this to feel mm-hmm. this way or to be this way. And, and I'm right. like, yes. So they felt comfortable, I think, coming to me and saying, it's not working mm-hmm. or we need more or this is the letter you need to do or it's time for you to yeah. step up and You're say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've gotten some of those. Yeah, yeah. More than once, right? Yeah. yeah. So I do think there's something in that side of it um, that allows people to 
Mm -hmm. It says it's a safe space because you've set expectations for yourself and you've told them you have. Yeah, I feel like you definitely have to make sure that whatever company you end up with has values that match yours. Mm -hmm. Because when that happens, then this empowerment and this culture can happen because at the root of it all, you have to have the psychological safety to feel like Mm -hmm. you can speak, you can make mistakes, you can be yourself. That's, and then that's when the shining happens. Right, yeah. And as a leader, I know we all love, like, that's what we love to see is people really yeah. becoming the best potential, you know, the best that they can be and, mm-hmm. and growing. Yeah. And being brave. Mm-hmm. That's when we get happy. So, yeah. So when have you ever had an issue, or Cami, when do you see it at Edlong, an issue with creating a culture of empowerment? Yeah, I think for myself, um, you know, when I'm leading a team or an individual, trying to let go and allow them to be empowered. Um, I do come from the helicopter mom generation, and I really have to learn to turn that off when I come to work. So just understanding it's okay to let them make a mistake. You don't have to make the boundaries so confined so that they don't make a mistake. You have to open up those boundaries and allow them to fail or flourish. Yes. And failing a little bit is so important. I, yes. I love the helicopter yes. mom concept because when you have five, you can't be a helicopter. Yeah. As much as I want to sometimes, I'm like, there's no other option but, you know, I, I hope to God he gets home on the bike from school or, you know, whatever. So, so I think it really does help them grow up, and I, it's mm-hmm. a great analogy to work. For me, I think the challenge was um, as you empower, it can't be partway, right? So... Um, you know, maybe in corporate world, it could be, well, if we're going to go talk to this person, you know, Colleen, you have to go or you have to speak. And I think I leaned in hard to this is the person that knows it the best. Mm. This is the person that has worked really hard on it. Let them do it. Do I even need to be there? When do I need to be there? Um, and so I think letting them, because that's development for people, mm-hmm. right. delivering hard no- news, challenging yes. news to tough tough. Yeah. You know, that's something they've got to learn to do. And so I think um, giving them that and then you're behind them and have them, I yes. think that was challenging because not everyone, you got to kind of fight, fight the hierarchy mm-hmm. um, thinking of which is if this is who's going, this is who has to go speak. Yeah. Um, and um, I had a really good leader that allowed me to do that. So mm-hmm. I learned from him. But I think that fights a bit. That's a challenge because... It's like, well, where's, you know, this is this is a right. tough message. Where is this person? Yeah, they should be the here leader? to deliver it. And it's like, right. no, she's totally capable. He's mm-hmm. totally capable. Um, and for me, I knew it was development for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and also allows you to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, I think that's always a, we have to check, you know, every day, like, what should I be working on today yeah, versus right. what can my people be doing? And, and that's how you get scale, you know, divide and conquer and kind of... Um, yeah, and letting them shine and grow for sure. Right. And experience is important it's in that. Hugely. So, yeah, I had to learn. You know, it's the school of hard knocks, but yeah. that's okay. There's no other way to learn. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way mm-hmm. except to just do it. Yeah. Okay. So, as a wrap up, you know the question. So, what is the legacy you would like to leave behind? Ouchies. <laughs> it's it's uh it's funny when you're in, retiring, you start thinking about gee, I wonder what my legacy are, and you get to actually hear people say, 
what it was. Um, I think you have a long legacy. Uh, yes. There were two things that, well, there was one thing that people said, but one thing I felt. So I think builder was one. Mm-hmm. Um, you build cultures, you build um, capabilities, you build visions, you build um, connections. So builder was one. And I really liked that because it wasn't about results. It wasn't about um, what I did or didn't do. It was about... Um, changing how people connected. So I I like the build. But if I think about what I hope my legacy was, I was around 39 years. I saw great talented people come and go at General Mills. And, you know, the company lives and thrives without individuals. And so I think... As every company should. Exactly. Exactly. And so my hope that my legacy is leaving behind incredible leaders that learned how to lead differentially and we're comfortable and confident and when they sit at the table, they will use their voices. And Mm -hmm. if I've left people with um, that confidence and that ability. Martha. Yeah, Martha's a great example of the people that I hope, um, you know, through our connections, through our development together, Mm -hmm. to things that we were able to do, um, some nurturing and coaching, I hope, uh, they are confident being those leaders and strong voices at the table and um, unafraid. I think that she is. I think she said something like, I like to color outside the lines yeah. when I met her, and I'm like, I love that. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's awesome at that too and comfortable doing it. So mm-hmm. if, if that is what's left behind um, because I touched her, enabled someone to do that, I will be yeah. thrilled because General Mills will be in really great hands. And that's where creativity comes, you know? Mm-hmm. People feeling safe to go outside the lines. I love that. And how about you, Cami? What would your legacy, what do you want your legacy yeah, to be? Yeah, I, I just hope I inspire people around me. It could be my children. It can be people that I work with. Um, just to know that you can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter what you look like, um, how old you are, um, where you come from. You know, I just want people to know that hard work does pay off. And I guess pulling from my daughter again, um, at risk of sounding like a Disney princess, um, <laughs> that you can also do that through kindness and building others up. I want to thank you both for joining me today on Owning Your Legacy. It was really a nice conversation, and it was so great to see you. Awesome. Cammie, I get to see you on Saturday. Yes, <laughs> can't wait. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Cammie. It was a joy to be here.